1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: The following podcast contains explicit language.
2: Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, December 17th, the I Want Better Grandparents edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's eight, Oliver, who's six, and Teddy, who's four, and we live in Navarre, Florida.
1: I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, host of Slate's The Kids Are Asleep, and mom to Naima, who is seven, and we live in Los Angeles, California.
0: I'm Dan Kois. I'm a writer at Slate and the author of the book How to Be a Family. My daughters are Lyra, who's 15, and Harper, who's 13, and we live in Arlington, Virginia.
2: Well, this week, we've got a question about a little girl who wishes her Mima and peepaw would be better grandparents. Then we'll be debating what to do when tragedy strikes, a stuffed animal gets lost forever, and your kid is heartbroken. On our Slate Plus bonus segment, we'll be talking about kids texting, emailing, and finding their written voice. And as always, we have triumphs and fails and recommendations. So Jamila, why don't you start us off, triumph or fail today?
1: I am calling this a fail. I was having a back and forth with Naima the other day, as I often am. Which is challenging because much of our going back and forth is simply me explaining that we should not be going back and forth, that I, as her parent, have the right to use a certain tone of voice or to make certain decisions on her behalf and, you know, that I'm doing these in her best interest, but that she doesn't always get to challenge them, right? And so I said something about her tone of voice and she said, that's how you speak to me. And I said, well, Naima, I'm an adult. That's called authority, and she said, You authority.
0: <laughs> you authority? Yes. Like that was her snapback?
1: <laughs> yes, that was her snapback. So, one, I have failed because my daughter is performing the lowest form of clapback either. <laughs> like, this is, this is like, I <laughs> over, what am I? But she didn't know what authority was. And she thought authority was some sort of insult <laughs> that I had called her. Right. And <laughs> flipped it back on me. Right. Were you just like, Yeah, I am authority good talk and then that's when it clicked i said and you do not know what authority <laughs> means
2: and that's why i'm still in charge so
1: right now we're working on uh naima learning what authority means so that she can respect mine
2: exactly
0: i like the idea that authorities maybe it's just another word for parents like how are your authorities oh they're, they're good they're good how about yours
1: it sounds like what it means like they're a yeah. inside yeah
2: <laughs> I think the concern is now that she knows what it means
1: that this is
2: now something that she wants to have, right? It didn't have a word before, but now
1: we've empowered her to try to take the, finally,
0: there's a word for what I've always wanted to have in this family.
1: (laughs) There's a feeling I have on the inside and I didn't have language for it before. (laughs) Dan, let's see. What do you have for us?
0: I've got a triumph this week, which is that this weekend for the first time, weekend in, I guess, probably nine months, I managed to get both of my kids out of the house at the same time, Wow! Uh, and it happened both Saturday and Sunday, previously unheard of in the annals of pandemic parenting, but this weekend, the weather was really beautiful, and it really felt like the last nice days before winter came for real. We're supposed to have a storm this week. Um, but you know, it was like 62 degrees and sunny both days, you know, every weekend I feel like I'm the, the, the guy who, I mean, I guess Holly uh, and I are both of the guys who are just endlessly being like, are you going outside? What are you doing outside? Have you made plans with anybody? But I just turned into like a raging insane person on Saturday and Sunday. It was just like, you are going outside at 2 30 PM. I don't care how you do it or who you do it with, but you are going outside and on Saturday I just was like, you're taking a walk together. Here is some money. Go get a boba tea. Do whatever you need to do. Don't be back until it's dark. And it worked. They left and then they weren't back until it was dark. And then on Sunday, I spent like the whole morning just like pressuring them into texting their friends. And then also texting their friends' parents and coordinating with their friends' parents. And like in ordinary times, I'm very opposed to playing social coordinator for actual grown teenagers who have their own phones and who could be doing this for themselves. But I'm still, I guess, coming to grips with the notion that these are not ordinary times. And every single parent I know is totally frustrated about how their children have just like given up on taking the initiative and making things happen. So I just fucking did it and it totally worked. And it was so great to just have them away. And the house was just ours. I took a nap. I cooked a little. I read a book. It was just fucking great. So I cannot recommend enough making your children leave the house.
2: Sounds like a win. I think that is a a great triumph. My kids go out a lot, but they cause so much chaos when they're outside. I don't know that it's... Right. It is better.
0: It's better, but you still have the snakes and whatnot. (laughs) to worry. And you're like your kids bringing home knives. We're not quite to the
2: stage where I can kick them out with some money and hope for the best.
0: (laughs) Go to Navarre, Florida's best boba tea place and bring back some boba tea.
2: I don't even think we have a boba tea place.
0: Elizabeth, what about you? Triumph or fail?
2: Okay, so I have a current triumph that will 100% be a fail in the future, but I'm riding the wave of triumph. So (laughs) it's also kind of a confession about a lie that we have been telling Oliver for A long time. So he has this doll that he carries around with him that called Pup Pup and it's like an IKEA puppy. And he carries with it so much that it gets disgusting, right? For a while we're trying to figure out like, well, what do we do about this? Because washing it doesn't really do anything. And my parents brought up this thing that they had done with my sister, which is where they like sent him back to the factory in a box and my dad would like bring the box into work with him and like mail it off. And then a few days later it would come back and it was like fully refurbished except like the heart and the fluff was the same. Right. So I decided like, OK, we need some version of this, but I'm not going to like make it like I need something instant. So we decided to tell Oliver that all grandmas have access to magic washing powder that restores the fluff of an animal. And so we get the magic washing powder from my mom and we put pup up inside a bag in the washing machine and Oliver goes off to play. And at the end of the wash dry cycle, we open the bag and puff pup. pup is fully fluffed and brand freaking new from ikea um so we have been doing this for a while we most recently just did it again my it's very important that the washing powder come from my mom so that i don't get asked to use it on other animals right like i have to request it and she has to go wherever grandmas go to get this stuff each time i'm like a little bit worried that he won't buy it again because the dog gets pretty gross. I also am at least guarding against the... What happened to my parents is that my sister was up in the attic doing something for them and discovered... Her animal was called Foof. Discovered a giant box marked Foof's. And when she opened it, they had kept every old one that they had sent off. So she, like, you know, 14 was sitting there with this giant box of the old... (laughs) animals and like just running through in her mind what had happened. So I just toss the old ones. Like we don't we don't keep the old pup pups. But we recently did it again. He's like so happy when it comes out. He like hugs it and he's like, "Oh, it's so soft." Everyone feel how soft it is. I left the tag on this time. I forgot to take the tag off and he goes, "The washing powder even regrows the tag." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "Wow." <laughs> like just 100% one day this is going to bite me in the ass. But today is not that yeah. day. So, it's a today it's a triumph. I think
0: this is a tremendous triumph. It is very very funny to me that he was just like, look, oh, the tag amazing.
2: Willful suspension of belief.
0: <laughs> Maybe seems like you could take the next step pretty soon.
2: But he's still carrying the thing around. What am I supposed to say? Hey, we we actually are replacing this cuz this is gross. Don't you want a new one?
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. All right, all right, all right. Good triumph that will eventually be a fail. Classic of the of the genre yeah, in my coming. opinion.
2: It's coming. All right, well, on to the business. In Slate Plus, we're going to be talking to Slate Sam Adams about how weird it is to have your kids emailing and texting you. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you're a member of Slate Plus.
0: That's a great sentence. This is like very funny. And she's like back channeling me while she's on a FaceTime call with my dad. But it's also like that's not a sentence that would come out of her mouth like in that way.
2: To hear segments like that and get ad-free podcasts, sign up for Slate Plus. It's just $35 for your first year. It's a great way to support all your favorite Slate podcasts, and you won't hit a paywall on the site, so you can keep up with all of Slate's journalism. If you'd like to support Mom and Dad are Fighting, go to slate.com slash dad plus and join Slate Plus today. It also makes a great gift, uh, so if you're struggling for a last-minute gift, you can order for your friend today. Tune in to Jamila's Slate live show, The Kids Are Asleep. Tonight, she'll be talking to rapper, actor, and The Wire alum, Brandon Young. Don't miss it. Tune in tonight, Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you can't catch it live or want to watch previous show, go to Slate's YouTube and Facebook pages and check out slate.com slash live. Also, sign up for Slate's parenting newsletter. It's the best place to be notified about everything Slate publishes, about parenting, including mom and daughter fighting, the kids are asleep, ask a teacher, care and feeding, and much more. Plus, it's just a fun personal email from Dan each week. So sign up at slate.com parentingemail parenting email. If you want to talk with other parents, join our parenting group on Facebook. It's super active. We also moderate it so it doesn't get too out of control. Just search for Slate Parenting on Facebook. All right, let's get to our first listener question.
3: Dear Mom and Dad, my seven-year-old daughter was asking last night why she never sees her Mima and Peepaw, my mom and stepdad. She wanted to know if I would ask them to be quote unquote better grandparents. I struggle to understand why they don't do more with the kids. They see the kids on holidays and birthdays, and that's it. My mom didn't raise me and has zero maternal instinct. She and I have a friend relationship, never a mother and daughter relationship. My mother lives 15 minutes from us and doesn't work. She has all the free time in the world. She's babysat my daughter once in seven years. I also have a 15-month-old. My mom has held her a handful of times. When my older kids were younger, my mom did do a few things with them. She would take them out maybe once a year to Chuck E. Cheese or to see Christmas lights. And honestly, they treasure those moments. My kids have one other grandma, and she's a good grandma. Should I try to encourage this grandparent relationship or accept it for what it is?
1: You definitely have my heart. I I am really sorry that you're going through this. And it sounds like you've come to a great place or I hope that you've come to a place of peace with your relationship with your mother. And if you haven't, that's certainly something I think would be helpful in your process uh, of helping your children to come to understand why they have the relationship to your mother and your stepfather that they do, uh, that that results from you not being particularly close to these people. Your mother, not only did she not raise you, you describe her as having no maternal instinct. So it stands to reason that she's not going to have a grandmotherly instinct either. And there are people who, you know, were not super touchy-feely as moms who later in life are, are you know, tapped into that side themselves and are different with their grandchildren than they were with their children. But it just sounds like, you know, It's very clear that this is not something that she's interested in doing. And I think it's less about you understanding why they don't do more than it is accepting it so that you can help your children to accept it. The great thing is that they do have another grandparent who is a solid grandparent Um, instead of going through the possible, I think, pain and rejection of trying to get more from somebody who has spent your lifetime, it seems, showing you that she's not willing or able to do more uh, or to do what most would consider standard for a mother or grandparent. I think that you would do better to celebrate the grandparent relationship that your children do have and to Perhaps when the pandemic is over, of course, consider other people of grandparent age in your community. These could be church members, these could be other relatives, friends, grandparents, neighbors with whom you can build that elder child relationship for your children, because it is an important relationship. It's important to have relationships with elders throughout your life. So if it doesn't happen these next year, two years, they can still you know, find people who have a grandparent-like feeling um, for them. But in the meantime, I would focus on making peace with what is and helping your kids to understand that.
0: Yeah, this is a classic, you're not going to change this person situation, right? The the way that you frame this question at the end of the letter, should I try to encourage the relationship or accept it for what it is, is basically the problem in a nutshell. I agree with Jamila that you're probably going to have to accept it for what it is and try to figure out emotionally what that means to you. The only thing that I might suggest is not really a solution or even really a way to change the way the situation is, but only that you do your best to maintain the status quo that you have, which is this grandparent being there on birthdays and at holidays, which is not nothing. And to once a year, even make that trip to Chuck E. Cheese that used to happen, happen again, or make that Christmas lights thing that used to happen, happen again. And it's not going to happen exactly the way you want it to, right? It's not going to happen because of your mother saying, I want to spend time with these wonderful grandchildren slash take them off your hands so you have a moment to yourself. That's not going to happen. But there's still value for you, too, as a daughter in engineering once a year, say, a time when you and your kids and your mother all get together in the same place for a non-birthday or holiday activity. And I think you would enjoy it, probably, even if it's just in the way of enjoying this friend that you have and in the way of seeing your kids delight. And it's not putting pressure on your mom to change, which I think isn't going to happen, but it is doing a tiny bit to help your kids have a little tiny bit more of this thing that they really like and enjoy. But overall, yeah, you're not going to change her and trying to find some way to do it is a recipe for just feeling bad about it all the time instead of just sometimes.
2: So I absolutely agree that you are not going to change her, but I think you can absolutely change the way that you are interacting with her or the things that you you do. And this is if you are in an emotional state where kind of like her rejection of invitations or her rejection of you expressing how much your kids enjoy being with her, if you're in a place that you can accept that, I think one of the things you can do is invite her on family things. Like if you have never had this relationship with her, I think jumping to having her watch your kids or taking the grandchildren for these things might be a huge jump. But if you can do more things where you invite her to accompany you guys to go do something, whatever that is, you know, hang out or we're going to the zoo. Do you want to come? We're going here. Do you want to come? Like whatever that looks like, encouraging her to be part of your family. And I think also when you do talk to her, it it's a nice thing to say, gosh, the kids really love seeing you, even if that's just it, without putting any ties on that, because We don't know what's happening with her. If she feels inadequate, if there's a lot of feelings about her not being a mom towards you is why she, you know, she feels like she can't be in your kid's life. We just don't know any of that. And so I think what you can do, and again, only if this is, if the idea that she would say, you know, no, I don't want to be with you is going to hurt you, then then you don't have to put yourself out there like that. But if you're in a place where you can, I think just encouraging her and also providing the feedback about what a a big deal it is to your kids when they get to do something with her. Like, those are all positive things that can only build a better relationship. And I don't see any harm in in encouraging that as long as you're prepared for possible rejection.
0: Right, as long as you understand what kind of relationship it is you're likely building and at peace with the fact that it's not exactly the relationship that you might want, but it's still potentially better for the kids, particularly, than what's going on now.
2: I just don't think we can expect every grandparent to be the, you know, textbook grandparent that I think we all want, which is like taking the kids all the time and and helping out in that same way for so many reasons. And so there's a lot of times that we like place that that burden on someone who's either not capable or a relationship that's not there. And I sort of say it's okay to take that away and, and see if you can build up just a better relationship the way you might with a friend. But I also love Jamila's advice to like when it's safe, find someone else to, to fill that gap. I think if that's clearly something that's missing in, in your life and in your kid's life and that you'd like. So there are other ways to fill that as well. So good luck and please let us know how it goes. If you have a question for us, email us at com, or you can post your question on the Slate Parenting Facebook group and we'll grab them from there.
0: Okay, round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry?
4: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
3: huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
0: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, or replacement by law, 80 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
2: All right, let's hear our second listener question once again being read by the wonderful Shasha Leonard.
3: Dear mom and dad, we screwed up and left my kids stuffy and doll at a remote campsite remote. Like you need a permit and it takes hours to get there. There was no going back. It's three weeks later and my kid still cries hysterically about three days a week. He says he misses them and he's worried about them. He's almost six Suggestions.
0: All right. I'm going to start here and I'm going to leave all the suggestions about magic grandma powder to you guys <laughs> and what you do if you can't get the stuffy back and the doll back, which is, we should be clear, almost certainly the end result of this situation. However, I'm going to throw two suggestions out there as to ways that you could maybe get the stuffy and doll back that you may have thought of or you may not have yet. The first thing I would do is I would go straight to Reddit. I would go to the Reddit subs that are devoted to hiking or camping in the state where this campsite is. I would post in there. I am looking for someone who is about to go to this campsite in the next couple of weeks or who can get there easily. We left these things at this campsite. Maybe it's in a, in a a building that's there. Maybe it's just out in the elements, in which case, I mean, good fucking luck, but I'm looking for someone to go to this campsite. If you are going, please let me know. We are looking for this thing that we left there that my child is begging for and is so sad about. If you post this on Reddit, you will have a flood of Eager problem solvers and mystery solvers probably fighting each other to get to that campsite early enough to be the one who discovers this stuffy and doll, takes a picture of it, and then mails it to you to save the day. So that's suggestion number one. Suggestion number two, it is not so late in the season, depending on where you are, that a lot of ranger stations might not still be doing winterizing in a lot of these different campsites and could be there from time to time. And so if you haven't done this already, you should try the park headquarters at wherever it was that you camped and ask them if any ranger is going to be going out there anytime soon and if so can they keep an eye out for this thing and getting it to the park headquarters it's a big step towards getting it back into your house without you having to like drive all the way out there and make the hike and do everything yourself so those are my suggestions for the i would say five percent possibility that this stuffy and this doll could ever return to your house. In their original forms. Now, I want you guys to talk about what do you do if not.
2: I do want to say that we had a monkey come back to us via a Facebook group. We lost it in London in Hyde Park, and I immediately posted on the Club Baby Voyage Travel Moms group, and I had it back in 24 hours. So people
0: love doing this.
2: People shit. love doing it, and they feel so good. And they, we got a picture right away, which is really what did it. So we were able to like tell. Henry, like, hey, w- Monkey has been located and he's right. with like this other family. And now we just have to, you know, get it back to us. So I don't know how long ago this happened, but <laughs>
1: maybe there's still some hope. I would also recommend holding out hope and trying all of those ways to hopefully reunite your child with uh, his beloved toys. And if that fails, then I would lean completely into the absurd. I would find a stuffy and a doll that are comparable in some way or that seem like they would hold some appeal to him. I would put them on his doorstep with a note saying that they were sent by, I don't know, like, you could present these as Christmas presents. You could put these, you know, leave these in his bed and surprise him with them with the notes saying, you know, from his other stuffy and doll, or maybe send them in the mail from his other stuffy and doll saying, you know, we had to go take care of some other kid, but we've sent some friends to keep an eye on you. Something to that effect. I'm not coming up with the right fairy tale. I feel like Elizabeth might have it. Attachment items hold this kind of mystical, magical feeling for children in some way, right? This idea that I'm secure. that I'm okay because these things are around that I feel safe. And so you want to, I think, replace them. Like, I I don't know that this is a time in his life where you want to try to, just you know, break them of having those attachment items. I think it's time to transfer that uh, super healthy and completely normal uh, obsession to, in in all seriousness, it is, Mm -hmm. um, to another item.
2: Jamila, I agree that like replacing them with something. And I think if you want to maybe buy time and stop the crying, some like emails that you got from them or some letters or whatever that kind of tells a story to bring some closure to these stuffies and transfer that to something else. I mean, that's completely up to you about how deep you want to get into it and create this whole story. But I do think there is a way to kind of say like, hey, we got a letter and produce a letter. We got an email, whatever. And this is kind of what has happened to those ones that we left and this is what's going to happen to help you feel better, or we're sending these new ones, or I don't know if you can find exact replicas. I think kids are generally willing for this suspension of belief to end the pain. So uh, if you can provide some kind of transition that provides some closure and then something new, however magical or just like here are some new ones, (laughs) Um, but I think somehow tying them together is is a good idea.
0: I love the idea of creating a little story and it makes me think of like showrunners on TV shows when you're writing the last couple episodes of the season and you're not sure if you're going to get picked up for the next season or not. So you're trying to create a narrative that allows for two different options. So you're creating a little narrative that allows for the option that maybe some hiker on Reddit is going to find these things and deliver them back. Or maybe the hiker is going to send them back, but they've been half eaten by bears or maybe you'll never see them again at all. And so you create a little narrative that is in the voices in the spirit of these creatures and tells your kid, we are happy and safe and we still care about you and we want to make sure that you feel happy and safe. And so soon you're going to have someone new joining you and maybe that new person is joined eventually by the original Stuffy and Doll as well, or maybe they're not, but it's okay either way.
2: Good luck, and we definitely want to know what happens. Yeah, please
0: <laughs> tell us the <laughs> please, whole saga. Please tell
2: us the whole saga, because I hope they get returned, because I, I live in, in fear of this and why my um, after we lost the monkey in Hyde Park, I went and I bought a three pack and I still have two of them because we only ever had to use one <laughs> replacement because I thought I don't ever want this to happen again. It was so there was so much panic for me and for Henry. And so, oh, gosh, I, I hope whatever you do that your son is no longer crying. Other listeners, if you'd like us to weigh in on your problems or questions, send it our way. Email us at slate.com. Okay, on to recommendations. Jamila, what do you have for us?
1: I am recommending. So I know that there's lots of Trader Joe's like online communities and um, Instagram accounts and stuff. And that there are people who are like long time devoted Trader Joe's product fanatics, So I might not be introducing something new to many of you all. In fact, I'll say I was early on Trader Joe's. Okay. I was cool. I was <laughs> buying Trader Joe's years and years and years. ago. Okay. Like when I, I would go out to Virginia, I think there was one in there, there has certainly, there's probably a few of them in Arlington, but I feel like I was going to one out in Arlington, uh, when I was in DC to get Trader Joe's, but When I lived in Brooklyn and there was it for many years, there was only one out there and the line was ridiculous. So I missed many years of Trader Joe's. So now that I'm in California and you can't throw a stick without landing on a Trader Joe's or Ross Dress for Less, I, I love those places. I am obsessed with Trader Joe's sipping chocolate. It's like a hot chocolate powder. Right. And you mix it with a lot of milk and you have hot chocolate and you mix it with a little milk and you have a sipping chocolate, which is a thick Melty chocolate, totally unhealthy, just amazing experience for your mouth. And some of you all may remember, in I want to say there was 2000 and maybe two, 2003, that Starbucks had a product called Chantico, which was a sipping chocolate. It was a thick chocolate. It came in like a cup that was no bigger than the size of like an espresso cup. And it was like drinking, it was like a liquid I don't want to liken it to a chocolate bar because it's so very different from a chocolate bar. But it, it, it's like a chocolate, like a hot chocolate with most of the milk removed. And it's just the chocolate and the sweetness. And the, it's just so rich and so good. But Trader Joe's drinking chocolate. You can make great hot chocolates with it. You can drink it super thick like I do. You can mix it in other things. I used it to make like a chocolate eggnog whipped cream of sorts. It's really delicious.
2: That sounds so good.
0: It's really, really good.
2: So good. I have to get some of that. Yum. Okay. Dan, what do you have for us?
0: I'm recommending something that I'm sure our more tech capable and tech savvy listeners found for themselves years ago, but I just installed it in our house this week and it has, it seems like it's going to transform our internet usage, which is a wireless mesh network. So previously in our house, we had our wireless router way down in the corner of the basement, which is the place in the house where the. Cable happens to come in from, from Verizon. And so the further you got away from that router, the worse your uh, service was. And we had like one Wi-Fi booster, one of those things you plug directly into an outlet and it has two little antennas on it like rabbit ears. And it sends out a whole separate network that's that has the same name as the original network, but then with ext on the end. So you can, if you're in a room with bad Wi-Fi, you can log on there, but it's a big pain in the neck. And then if you move, then you're on the wrong network and you lose what, whatever it was. Our wifi was not great. And in different parts of the house, it was like completely unusable. And the more stress we were putting on it, the more unusable it got. And so this year as our kids and we have frequently been doing like four separate video calls simultaneously, as I record a podcast and Alia is doing some kind of law thing and the kids are both in school, it's gotten completely out of control. So anyways, I uh, got a, a wireless mesh network, which is essentially a set of nodes that you place around your house that communicate with each other. And wherever you go inside the house... They keep track of where you are and instantly make sure you are connected to the network with the strongest possible signal for wherever you are in the house. And they transfer you seamlessly from network to network as you move around so that you're no longer having to switch from networks, losing one and trying to regain another. And you don't have to worry about that stuff. These nodes placed all over your house instead worry about it for you. For a long time, I resisted this because I was like, Ugh, every time I try and change the Wi-Fi in this house. It's a disaster and it fucks up our internet for like a week. But finally, after enough testimonials from friends who are like, Dan, it's really easy and even an idiot could do it so you should be fine, I decided, yes, I'm going to try it. I bought one that's called the Deco, but there are dozens of different kinds and they all seem to, almost all of them seem to be basically highly rated on CNET and other websites. If you're an Amazon person or an Alexa person, you get one that's particularly compatible with Alexa. There's one that's particularly compatible with Siri, but this one is an independent brand and it took me 20 minutes to set up. It put the networks on each of the devices and now it's good. It's done. And we don't have to worry about it anymore. And so far it has worked flawlessly and seamlessly to give us network connectivity everywhere in the house. And it's been really great.
2: Well, I'm recommending a printable for those of you that have kids at home and now no schoolwork or anything to do, and you just want them to sit down and do something else. It's the December Following Directions packet from Peanut Butter Fish Lessons, and the link is in the show notes. But basically, you print off this page, and um, she does them each month, and they're free. But the, the December one is a package of boxes, and then there's different a picture of a bunch of presents and boxes. And The second thing you print is directions, and she each month has a whole bunch of different ones. So if your kids really like it, you can do a bunch. And this month in there, there's a eight nights of Hanukkah, December birthday, Christmas morning and Kwanzaa gifts. And the different lines give you different things to do. So color the largest package this way. Or um, one of them is to find which package the the like special gift is in. So you guess. And then as you follow the directions, you're eliminating stuff. Um, all of my kids are able to do it to some degree, which is kind of fun. Obviously, Henry can do it completely on his own. Oliver needs a little bit of help. And Teddy, like you can read the directions and, and guide him through it. And they love to sit down and do these. And so it's a good, easy, takes two sheets of paper, five, ten minutes while they complete a fun activity. So hopefully... Um, my gift to you is a little bit of quiet time from your from your smaller <laughs> <laughs> smaller children who you can send off to do this activity that's fun, but also you're teaching them how to follow directions. Well, that's our show. So one final time, if you need advice, email us at slate.com or post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. Also, subscribe if you haven't already. It helps us out and it makes sure that you won't miss any episodes. Mom and Daughter Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Jamila Lemieux and Dan Coyce, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp.